Hello, and welcome to More Than Abstract. I'm Prangel, and I'm joined by Eric. I'm not going to ask you how you're doing, because we just asked each other. Good. Glad you're doing well, too. Yeah. <laughs> so today I'm going to talk about something you've clearly heard of, but I want to go into more detail. I'm all right with that. I want to talk to you about heavy met why heavy metals are bad for you. No, not the musical genre, the physical element. <laughs> Back when I was in, I think, no, early high school, I, you know, wanted to make a band. And my dad was like, oh, we should just look at the uh, the periodic table. Pick that element because it's the heaviest metal. God. I, I can't. The dad jokes surrounding heavy metal just. It's exactly what this episode is about. Lead bands. No. <laughs> um, so it was a bit hard for me to wrap my head around this whole thing, like. Iron and copper, you needed to survive, but things like lead and arsenic are poisonous, and it didn't really make sense to me why lead can't serve the same purpose as iron in your body. Or, or why is arsenic in apple seeds, but apple seeds are toxic for us? Apple seeds are toxic for us? There's not enough to actually hurt us, but there, I, I do believe there's arsenic in apple seeds. Oh, oh man. The apples, they're trying to kill us slowly. <laughs> domestication was a trick <laughs> we're the ones who got domesticated it's like with cats anyway twice they did it twice twice there were two domestication events for cats oh my really yeah i didn't even know that okay so back on track though if lead isn't useful or anything for your body why doesn't it just go right through us instead of causing problems somewhere like why why is why why the lead got to be a troublemaker, really? Yeah, I mean, I take extra vitamin C, I just, you know, flush it out, and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just get rid of it. Who cares? And this is what I've come up with, and we'll figure out the middle together. Also, I'm not a doctor, so I asked Zachariah, another person who's on this podcast, to help me with this, since he knows so much more about this than I do. So many thanks to him. Thanks. But before we can talk about why they're poisonous, we need to talk about why we may want metals in our body. Let's start with iron, since it's something people are more familiar with. Yes. You need iron, mostly because of your blood cells. They have this thing in them called hemoglobin. You might have heard of it. And central to its functioning is iron, for the sole reason that iron rusts. I talk about rusting a lot in this podcast, surprisingly. But what is it really? Well, it's just some oxygen coming by and attaching itself to a metal, and that's the very basics of how a red blood cell gathers oxygen. I've owned a car in Michigan. I've seen it firsthand. There's this molecule running around uh, looking for oxygen. So that's hemoglobin. To, uh, looking for oxygen to rust it. And once that happens, it's taken to somewhere that bit of oxygen needs to go to and the molecule de-rusts itself and, and lets go of the oxygen. I like the word de-rust. We should add mm -hmm. that to the dictionary. Not refurbished, de-rusts. So you need a metal for that rusting process to happen. You can't have something like carbon do the same job. It just, it just doesn't work. It, that, in essence, is the reason metals are necessary in your body. They bind a whole lot of things together so they can transport molecules from one part of the body to the other and bring stability to the whole thing. So that oxidation, 
you have the iron molecule and the oxygen molecules. Is it bonding together to form a, a, a new molecule? Yeah, like the hemoglobin, uh, it's next to some oxygen, and when it cl gets close enough to the iron, they bind and make a, a little bit bigger uh, molecule with oxygen. When it de-rusts, what causes that to break? Okay, I think it's either some ATP comes by and produces energy, and or an enzyme comes by and like makes it easier for that oxygen to get off, or there's just a uh, more favorable reaction for the oxygen to react with something else rather than stay oh. with the rust. Okay. Pick one of those. One of those is probably <laughs> right. I don't know which one. <laughs> a more favorable reaction. Got it. Then this begs the question, you can always have too much of a good thing, but why is having too much iron bad for you? I guess, like, when you think about it, having more oxygen in your, in your blood, you, you need it. And I guess if you just have more of this hemoglobin around, it's not like it's going to kill you immediately from having too much blood so why is that why does this happen oh well, i know i wouldn't want an air bubble in my my bloodstream you would not want an air bubble but that's a lot of oxygen i think this is different from an air bubble air bubble well either way uh, think of it this way say you're in the middle ages and you have a great this is a this is a very different route than you thought we were going you're in the middle ages and you have a granary to store your food Okay. Generally, you want it to be full so nobody goes hungry. But if you have continually good harvests and nowhere else to keep it, and keep it, that granary will start to overflow. Yes. Now, now you could just say, let people eat more of this food, and that'll work to a point. But since everyone only has one mouth to feed, it, you can't keep doing this forever. The livestock. The livestock. Yeah, you could um, give the livestock more food but then they still only have one mouth to feed. If at a certain point you've maxed out people's ability or livestock's ability to eat, and with nowhere else to go, the granary will overflow. That causes other problems, like rats or rotting, for mm -hmm. example, the and a similar thing happens here. Okay. But instead of a granary, you have something like the liver, and instead of food, you have things like iron. So too much iron in the liver will cause things like damage to the nearby tissue which leads to scarring so not good oh okay so having a normal amount of this is completely within your liver's parameters of of normal acceptable functioning but yeah once you exceed that your liver can't keep up with filtering it am i saying that right i i'm, I'm not entirely sure but i think so perhaps storing it okay. i don't know i'm not a doctor Blame Zachariah. Okay. Give him better notes. There's actually a disorder that goes along with excess iron. It's called hemochromatosis, or iron overload if you just don't like big Latin words. How are you going to do a, a, a medical episode without big Latin words? <laughs> the title? Big Latin word. It can, it can mean anything. So the genetic version of this problem is basically the body thinking it doesn't have enough iron in its system. So it, it tries to absorb and store up more. For context, oh, uh, your body only absorbs about 18% of the iron you eat. So it could easily crank that up and store more of it. But since, you know, there's not actually an iron deficiency going on, it's just storing up more in the liver and, you know, causing scarring. So it's, it, it's like overeating in general. Your body's like, calories, give me them. Iron, give it to me. 
there's never enough. Yeah. Yeah, your body's just confused, and it's genetic, and it sucks. That makes perfect sense, actually. So that's the general idea behind why you want metals in your body and why they're so common. But what about the heavier ones that we would normally associate with health issues like lead? Before I get into that, the way the body does its thing, you know, does everything about itself, is in a very procedural manner. Kind of like a pilot with their checklists. You know, if something goes wrong, you have a checklist, one, two, three, four, five, and then that's how you do it. Right. Which is actually a really important thing for pilots. It is. That's why they're so good at their job. Also training. <laughs> so in the body, you start with some chemical that uses this enzyme. Chemical X. With these other chemicals to make another one and on and on until you get your finished product. Oftentimes, there's something actually essential. If there's a bump in the road somewhere in between, then this whole system is ruined, and that's kind of what heavy metals like lead do to you. They go into this long process and offer a more favorable reaction to take place, keeping the current reaction from happening. Oh, that's like methanol versus ethanol. Moonshine. So regular drinking alcohols, ethanol, Methanol mm -hmm. is like the more favorable reaction. So like that's what your body uses first. And that's the thing that'll like make you go blind and like actually hurt you. Oh, it, it's it. I remember reading about it because I, I read some or it was an episode of House long time ago when House was, you know, the thing. And he's being bitten by rats. Ah, he needs rat bites to live. Kind of this this guy in. Terrible summary, but this guy in prison, like, drank a bunch of moonshine and was going to die or something. He's like, oh, we just need to get him drunk long enough for his body to slowly process it out and not kill him. That's crazy. I, I'm terribly summarizing that episode, but, like, that's where I learned about that. So that's exactly okay. what it sounds like lead's doing in place of iron. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what it's doing, and why don't you tell me if it's the same thing? So... These things are called metabolic pathways, and you could think of heavy metals as being a boulder in the middle of this pathway. Okay. You can't get around it. You need to move it with a good amount of effort. So for lead, one of the problems it causes is the production of hemoglobin. It causes other problems, but I figured I already brought up hemoglobin, so I might as well stick with it. I appreciate the mono example. We talked about why you need metals in hemoglobin, iron to get it to work. Now, here's how metals can stop it from working entirely. So here's the process. You start with A that goes to B with the help of an enzyme to get C. And finally, you have hemoglobin. So this is like the production cycle for hemoglobin, how you make it. Cool. So it's great. You know, cells can breathe and all that. It's working all right. But then a bit of lead comes into the picture and you start with A that wants to go to B with the help of this enzyme, but lead gets in the way and keeps this enzyme from doing its job. So it, it bullies the enzyme away. It kind of bullies the enzyme away. You get a bunch of enzymes that think they're doing their job so well, but a bunch of the stuff you start with keeps piling up without waiting for the enzyme to come, and it doesn't really. So the enzyme's off trying to look for B, but B never comes because it didn't do its job right. It's trying to look for A to make B, but it never finds A because lead gets in the way. In a got, way. Okay, got it. And now you don't really get hemoglobin out 
the pathway is blocked. So that's what heavy metals do to you. And it sounds pretty bad, but if you accidentally swallow a pellet of lead, should you just start writing your will and saying goodbyes to everyone? Or is there actually something that you can do about the incoming poisoning? Ah, uh, you call poison control and they tell you what to do. You do. You do call poison control. Be sure you know who poison control is. I guess Google that. We all have smartphones now. We can call poison control. We can look up the number. 1-800-POISON. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out there is something that can help other than poison control. If you go to the emergency room and tell this story, you'll probably be put on something called an EDTA IV. Or you might not. I mean, the doctors know best, but this is one possible thing that they could put you on. This is something called chelation therapy, where there's a fluid that they put into your bloodstream, and its sole purpose is to grab a hold of any heavy metals it comes across in your blood. And oh. after a while, you'll just pee this stuff out, so it'll be harmless. Why aren't we putting this in the water? <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe we don't need. Yeah. yeah, we probably shouldn't do that. In our case, you eat some lead, so it goes into your digestive tract that puts some of that puts it into your blood. And if you're quick enough, it'll get caught by this EDTA thing before it causes too much harm. This isn't an endorsement to say that lead might taste good. And if you're worried about your health, we got this thing, so don't worry about it. Try not to eat heavy metals. Uh, but if you do on accident, there's something that can be done to save you. Yeah, not a get out of jail free card. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So that's the basics on why heavy metals are bad for you, or at least my story. What did you think? That's pretty metal, man. Oh, oh no. You opened with one. I had to. Yeah, okay. All right. It's what I get. I didn't know there was, um, what, EDTA, you called it? Mm -hmm. I didn't know there was such an effective treatment for it. Again, still not condoning licking lead plates, but, like, <laughs> that's really cool. It is that effective where it, it's just an infusion and you pee it out. It is, uh, but it only works if the 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 metal in question is in your bloodstream and they can get to it fast enough oh i was wondering because this edta stuff it can actually from what i see it should bind in principle to iron so your iron and hemoglobin but apparently the hemoglobin since it's in the red blood cell the edta can't get to it, it so it's li literally just stuff that's outside the blood cells it can't penetrate the cell that's really interesting mm -hmm. thanks to zachariah for this <laughs> yeah literally if you like this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. Tell us what you think about it and tell a friend. And for some supplementary content, feel free to follow us on Twitter at More Abstract. And you can find more episodes wherever you get podcasts. <laughs>